This is a presentation of Man Breed. Man Breed. Hello and welcome to Man Breed Live, where we believe that to understand a man is to acknowledge all men. I am Michael McLendon, and I'm happy to be here today uh, with the brothers and a very special guest. Uh, before we get to, uh, I want to go ahead and touch base with none other than Mr. Rebrand, the black man himself, the doctor, the one and only Dr. Thurman Webb. How you doing, Doc? Yeah, I'm doing good today. Um, excited to be here. Excited about our topic. I think we're going to have a little spice in here. You know, I can't wait to hear our resident street therapist, Mr. Orlando Boyd, break it down for us. He always bringing the insight. How you doing today, sir? I am super fantastic, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I am here, ready to get in, let the women know what men are thinking. That's what Man Breed is all about. And I know that we have a special guest on the show. So let's go and kick it off, man. Get, get, get to it. Let people know who we got on today's ticket. Okay, well, we brought a very special young lady on today because we're talking about uh, why no sex before marriage is a deal breaker for some men. Uh, so in order to really break this down, we invited Dr. Uh, Garrica Sanford. Now, Dr. Garrick is a passionate leader committed to social change and impact. She's trained as a clinical child and family psychologist. Uh, Dr. Sanford has been a leader in the mental health and nonprofit space for close to 10 years with 15 plus years of experience at, as a mental health provider. Uh, Dr. Sanford has provided services in a variety of settings, including prison system, a residential treatment center for children and adolescents, an inpatient hospital, uh, the public school system, uh, child protective services, and various community mental health agencies. Uh, there's a lot more I can say about it, and I'm going to include some of that as we continue, but she's a, a woman uh, for all seasons, uh, and she focuses on a lot of different things that are very important for the African-American community and for African-American women in particular. We'll break some of that down as we continue to go. Uh, welcome, uh, Dr. Sanford. How are you doing today? Doing good. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for the introduction. Well, we're excited that you're here. Uh, as you know, uh, we, we like to uh, give our audience good information about a variety of topics. And like I said, today we're talking about why no sex before marriage is a deal breaker for some men. So uh, I really would like to go ahead and start it out with you uh, just because, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of different clients uh, who you deal with, and, you, and this topic is probably something that we all have heard of, just living on the planet, right? So mm -hmm. why would you say, uh, in your own words, uh, that you found that for some men, sex before marriage uh, is a deal breaker for them? Yeah, it's a, that's a big question. Um, and I think one thing that's important, like you said, I think we know we're talking about men, but I do think the reality of it is, is that it also can be a deal breaker for women too. So I'm hoping we round that out and discuss what that looks like just to make the decision to wait or not wait before we have um, sex before before marriage and why it can be a deal breaker for men in particular. I think the first thought is even thinking about how we're socialized to even think about sex. Um, I think if we think about just the ways in which we learn about sex, the ways in which we learn to talk about sex or not talk about sex is really gender-based. Um, so if you think about it, most men wanna talk about how many people, how early, uh, when my circle of friends, it's not really what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about the quality of our relationships. And so I think just the nature of that really starts to lay the foundation that why might it be a, a deal breaker for some men because the ways in which that sex is taught to us, the ways in which we are taught 
to think about what sex means or what it doesn't mean if someone isn't willing to have sex for marriage. So I think we really have to look at what's the messages that we receive really early to even think about why as an adult male, that becomes a deal breaker. Doc, you want to touch on that because she said socialization, right? Dr. Sanford plays a large role in why, you know, men in particular, even though it could be the same case with some women, why men in particular say sometimes like this, that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah, um, you know, just to to echo what she said, um, socialization plays a big part in how we look at this topic, sex before marriage, like, is it a deal breaker or not? You'd be surprised how many men actually think that their love language is physical touch. Mm -hmm. And that's simply because they have not explored any other aspects of any other other love languages, right? So the minute that a woman is not ready to engage in that particular act, he feels rejected. And he feels like, you know, like he, like she's shooting him down or like he's not, or she's not into him as much simply because he's been socialized or he's been conditioned to think that his love language is physical touch. And when she doesn't want to go there, then it becomes a problem. Um, and also, you know, we have to show up our identity, the security of our identity and how we develop our identity also. Because also certain men don't understand um a a woman's boundaries and when she sets them right and so she may necessarily say okay cool you know i don't want to have sex until i'm married but let's be honest all men don't necessarily hear it that way sometimes we hear that statement as oh well that's just something i gotta overcome like i'll put the pressure on until she gives in and then other times you know um you know, you have men who actually are listening and they may respect that boundary and choose to interact with her to get to know the other aspects of who she are uh, outside of her WAP, for lack of a better analogy right now. <laughs> anyway, um, so, you know, it, it's all about the, the socialization and the conditioning that we have and how we really truly understand a person comprehensively that plays a role in how we look at sex before marriage. Okay, okay, okay. Now, Orlando, I know you can't wait to jump in uh, because this is, this is a topic, you know, that deals with a lot of things that, you know, some of the things we talked about before kind of play into some of this in terms of men and women's socialization. But give us your, your take on all of this. Yeah, I mean, Doc hit it right on the head. He took some words right out of my mouth about some men that that's their, their language. They seem, like I said, if they, if, they're, if they feel like if they can't get that out of a woman, then the woman is not really feeling them. That That is absolutely true for the majority of men, no matter what their breed is, uh, that's the way they roll. And in, and in some cases where men really feels it, it comes back to that if they are aware that the woman had sexual relations before they were starting to date them, that means that their previous experience said that they were with it, but now with them, they may have a change of focus or whatever. And so typically men may feel like that, okay, well, if if your previous guy got it, then what's up? You know why you ain't sharing with me? Why you and therefore it goes a blow to their ego, yeah. and then therefore then it just open up all kind of stuff where the guy then kind of looks at it from a, a two way street. A he can say, okay, well I'll keep you on the side, but I'm still gonna go out here and do my thing. Or B he may look at it and say, okay, well you good enough, you you quality, but I still want to make sure that. I, you know, I'm, the goods are worth waiting for. And that's where it really starts to have those, those cases, cases where time goes on 
that it seemed to be a deal breaker if he feels like she's still not budging. She's for whatever reason, unless there's some other type of conviction, sickness or something, you feel like, hey, you know, we need to. We need to go on and, and sample here. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so uh, now I'm like back to Sanford uh, because you know you're, you're you're the sister in the room. Uh, the young I'm lady. loving it too. I love listening. <laughs> uh, you know, just from a woman's perspective, though, like what kind of message do you think like that generally sends like two women, uh, especially if they if they like stated that commitment, uh, or you know if the brother's like, like continually pressing, is that, you know, cause some brother may feel like that's saying to her that, you know, I'm attracted to her sexually, even if she doesn't give up. Some other than me, you know, brothers don't know on some level, you know, how she's really receiving that. So, you know, uh, speaking on behalf of some women, not all of them, but what do you think, what messages do that, does that send to young ladies when they get that from you guys? Yeah, I think it, there's so much that Orlando said that, that definitely can be expanded on. I think specific to your question, it can definitely send this message that if it's kind of laid out as an ultimatum, um, that there's some fear or worry or are you worth it, you know, and this need to kind of explore what worth it means. And for a lot of people, the worth it is the metric of sex, as far as sex becomes a metric that a lot of men will use to determine if a woman is worth it. And But once we begin to expand what intimacy and connection can look like, the role that sex can play in a relationship begins to shift a bit. But the message there definitely becomes that sex is the priority. And where that can become problematic is if, if people know who've been married, sex looks different over the course of a relationship. And so for a lot of women, if there's not this ability for this man to be able to even just engage in the conversation about why a woman's not having sex, that becomes something that can be problematic because it just becomes about, are you reactive to what I'm telling you? Are you curious about the reason that a woman has made that decision? But if the initial is just a reaction, that's telling. Because again, over the course of the relationship, um, sex, sex changes and it shifts and, and people's needs around sex changes as well. I think the other thing too is that men will think, like you all talked about, that one that is a representation on what a woman thinks about you. But then there's also this thinking, <clears throat> excuse me, of that a woman who's making a decision to wait, what that means about her. And so men often are thinking that a woman who waits that yes, they're evil Bible thumper, you know, they've, they're strongly convicted, they're not interested in sex, they're reserved. And so there becomes all of these assumptions that are people are creating around this topic, but no one's talking about, again, what's the reason that a person has made a decision to wait, or even when a man has made a decision not to wait? And what's the way that we become curious and willing to dialogue about how we got to that decision? So, so Doc, you know, you want to chime in on that? I mean, because, you know. No, nah, I mean, she, she, she sums it up. But also, if a man decides to wait, you know, say, like, he, he, he must be gay. He must have, you know, some other things he's not in. Like, there's the pressure that goes to the man who decides he wants to wait before marriage also. And, um, you know, there has to be a distinction between somebody who truly respects your decision and somebody who is simply waiting for an opportunity to uh, negotiate you out of what you decided, right? And that, like she said, that can definitely be determined when somebody, when you feel obligated to justify your no, just the minute that you inadvertently enter into negotiation for a future yes. You know what I'm saying? It's the obligation factor. And so, you know, so one of the things you need to do if you're in that position is just own your no. Like, this is what I don't want to do. But I like not just for not just for women, but for men too. But but I'm a man, right? The thing that does not need to happen, and Doc, you can speak to this. Like 
don't wait till y'all laying down. Right. Break bread about, yo, I'm finna wait. All right. Don't don't do that. That that that's not cool. And uh, you know, it's, it it can be perceived a hundred different ways. And trust me, I understand. No means no means no, and I will support that to the day that I die. However, you can save yourself a ton of frustration if y'all have this conversation prior to a sexual encounter or a sexual environment. Try to have this conversation in a non-sexual environment, a non-intimate environment, so that you know going into it what to expect or what not to expect for that matter. And know what a line is. Talk about exactly where that line is. You know, you, you, you may be somebody who likes to cuddle. That's cool. But in this day and age, if you would talk to the street therapist, what that, what that cuddling can lead to, Orlando, what are we talking? That's, that's going to be a problem. That's right? going to be a problem. You can't yep. be rubbing yep. and touching. And, and, you know, I can't go any further. That's going to be a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, you got to define that, too. You know what I mean? When you're talking about no sex before marriage, because some people have different definitions. I hear people now saying oral sex don't count. How are you going to say that? You know what I mean? So we get and but it's it's no like, you know, and I don't want to get, you know, R rated, but uh, it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they be having the definitions that change into that. Like you said, the hugging, the kissing, the getting the all those other layers. But it's just not that. And that's the part of like the waiting piece where it comes in for me and to start to having that patience and saying, okay, well, you know, is it, is it, I'm getting all these innuendos and, and, and it's not equaling up to what my math usually tells me. We doing this, that usually equal that. And right. you got this other math system that I don't know about. And therefore then it keeps just, yeah, you know what I mean? Start can't figure this out, you know what I'm saying? Cause you know, you're trying to process this stuff, man. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then, like I said, you know, and, and once again, you start recalling what happened in the previous relationships and stuff like that. And that's when it really it, it starts to kind of show how strong the relationship will be, the friendship, all those fundamental things that mm -hmm. should arise if the sex is out of the equation. But like I said, for some guys, that, that's got to be part of it in order to even get to that level of where I'm saying I'm going to show myself vulnerable to you because without that, if, if, you know, some, some men like to say, you know, like I, if I can see you like that, then I know you're giving me all of you. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have that, then I'm not giving you all of me. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, and now something very interesting you said was talking about going back to past relationships and Dr. Sanford, you know, uh, in spite, I know, you know, we're all talking about this thing and talking about the challenges with that mentality. Uh, yet still, our topic is why no sex before marriage is a deal breaker for some men. So, and I've heard, you know, some brothers, you know, use the argument, well, you know, sexual compatibility, you know, uh, how do I know if this, you know, is going to work if, 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 if I don't know if we're sexual com sexually compatible or not. So uh, touch on that. Uh, it, it, is that, is that a real reason why either you know like it, are the brothers making that up would you say or or is that enough reason for us to speak in? i mean i just i mean i think that's something that, that we hear a lot though right you know Definitely. so talk speak on it yeah, so I think without question, uh, we, we any, in relationships, it's definitely okay to have a desire to be sexually compatible with someone. So I think that is definitely a valid. But I think what ends up happening is we think of that sex is going to tell us full compatibility or the ability 
to experience a relationship fully or like Orlando saying to show up that the way in which someone engages or decision to engage in sex is going to just unlock this understanding of someone in this deep and meaningful way. And what we know is that sex can definitely be surface. Um, and the reality of it is, is that sex in and of itself and having sex before marriage doesn't guarantee sexual compatibility. Like there's so much more complexity to being sexually compatible if we're really thinking about more so not just compatibility, but intimacy. And when we think about the complexities of intimacy that cross more than just sex, then there's a reason to begin to be willing to, um, to challenge, to interrogate, to question why is it that we feel like sex is going to be the one that allows us to make connections with people or to know if we're connected. But there's a falsehood around that, this sense that sex is going to be all telling or all knowing. And what we know is, and research has told us that some couples who decide to wait actually report more fulfilling lives than those who started at the beginning. Because the reality of it is once you introduce sex into a relationship, how you get to know someone or how someone shows up can shift. So for some people, like Orlando is saying, it might allow a man to show up more. I would say that there's people who show up less when sex is introduced um, too quickly and how they show up shifts because there now becomes this pressure connected to sex in a way that doesn't allow someone to fully explore other aspects of intimacy. Yeah, you made a good point about that too quickly because that's the key. If it comes up too quickly, if it's too easy, especially for me, and I'm talking on a man perspective, if it's too easy, that does kind of devalue it some parts or some leverage layers of the relationship that's needed to keep the foundation strong in that. But that's absolutely right. Too quickly, it is definitely a sign that some guys take it on and be like, okay, yeah, and then it, it, could, it could definitely have a different message. And that's where it can be a catch-22 for women, because on one hand, if it's too quick, but if it don't happen at all, you know, and so there can be this stuck place that, that a lot of people can feel, and particularly women, of like, how do you, how do you figure out? Again, that math calculation doesn't start to add up. And so I think it goes back to what was said earlier, this need to really have full conversations around this. A lot of times around sex, we are having conversations with ourselves, but not with the other person about what we hope, what we make a meaning of. And so what's the way that we're more openly dialoguing about what we want and what we don't want and the boundaries in our relationship. And that, keep in mind, I'm keep in mind. Too, go ahead. I was gonna say that that also comes, that realization comes from how much previous experience you've had. You know, mm -hmm. if you were one of those people who, had one partner and you didn't have that partner until a little bit, you know, after high school or whatever, and then you got in this other relationship, you might be more inclined to be able to have that patience and wait no matter what's going on. But if you had multiple partners and that becomes the expectation, that usually is where it opens up for me. And I don't know what's speaking for women, but that's usually the way, how men usually saying, you know what, this is how I'm going to proceed. And this is what I expect um, for us to get to that level. Right. Keep in mind, sex is just the act. Right, it's the it's, it's the content or, or the the context in which we perform the act that really provides the robust meaning, and so intimacy um, happens long before the act of sex happens. That's not to, that's not to say that sex cannot be intimate, but there are there is a preamble to the intercourse that should drive the the, the understanding or the comprehensive experience. And so I think what's really happened, like a lot of people are taking the shallow way out. And so when it comes to their emotions, they have a tendency to try to to uh, to, to express their emotions through a channel of anger or through this channel of sex, right? Without fully understanding all of the other avenues in which one can speak um, speak their emotions. And so they, mis they misapply the act of sex to things that, that, ha that have depth, but it really doesn't apply there.
right? So then you end up again with these alternative facts about certain things about love. All right. So if he's if he can make love to me really well, then he must love me. But it could be a byproduct of what Orlando said. It's simply that I got a lot of practice. Right. So I go to the gym every day. I happen to be in shape that ends up working out of your favor. But I don't love you. Mm-hmm. But that ain't you know, that's that's that takes enough insight to figure that out. But these are the conversations you got to have. And if it's consensual, you know what I'm saying? If you if you if it's consensual sex and it's just sex, then that's different. But we're talking about acts leading to marriage. Like, what does this look like for for a long-term relationship? What is the quality of the relationship? Not necessarily, you know, just about the act of sex. And so there are there's a there's a, a collage of things that that we should explore before we actually engage in the activity of sex. Now, whether you want to do that before marriage or after marriage, you know, that's for individuals to decide and for couples to decide. It's not for us as man breed to provide a blanket statement but however you do have a responsibility to understand that for yourself yeah and i think like i said we're going back to the compatibility part and that's the where people are ill-informed basically and that compatibility how you know you're compatible that you had some experience before of what yeah. it is you know what yeah. i'm saying what's good to you what's bad and if all you've had is mixed good some bad some good you know what i mean like i said some people like you want to make sure before we make that commitment that i know okay, I'm not committing myself to some bad. Yeah. And it always baffles me too, man, when people get ashamed about talking about things that they want to explore in sex, but they would rather just practice at it. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that bothers me. I don't understand why people, they get more upset of being called and promiscuous on the street terms a whole, as opposed to just being, if you are one and that's what they call you, that's different, but you're more offended by being called one. Like we need to have these conversations prior to getting into these acts so that you can have a very mature experience when this happens. Too too many adults are approaching this topic in a very immature way and it's having immature ramifications throughout the rest of their relationship. You know, I think I think Dr. Sanders brought up a, a really good point earlier and she mentioned that like, you know, a lot of times, and I'm sure we have a lot of young ladies who are listening, you know, they've uh, had sex with a man uh, and then he disappeared. You know, and she may have been waiting, you know, to engage as sex. He disappeared. And, I, and, I, and I'm wondering, uh, Dr. Webb or Dr. Sanders or Orlando, too, because, you you know, you can bring the breeds into this. Uh, you know, how that I want to talk about that, because I think that's an issue for woman socialization when it comes to this, like the next time. Or, you know, am I just going to, you know, they get confused in behind that type of behavior, you know, as well, I'm, I'm sure as they probably should, but can you, can you talk about that? I thought about you first, Dr. Webb, but anybody can touch on it. it. it you know, if, you, if, if, if a woman is selling that the thing between her legs is one of her most valuable possessions, and that's the first thing that you give a man, then that really showcases inadvertently that it doesn't have a lot of value to begin with. And if you've already said that that's your most valuable aspect and that's where we're starting, then more than likely he ain't trying to hit nothing else after that because you know, the thing that you value highly was low on his list. Now, I, I can't tell you how many times I, I have friends and, and associates who uh, they, they measure their respectability of a woman. I ain't saying it's right or wrong, but however, if she holds out and she's true to that and she's denied him, like he not just puts her up on the on the pedestal, like, yo, she's, she's a good girl. You know, like she's she not out here wilding this, that, and the other. 
so he 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 has this different level of respect. But that's not to say that 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 she's any more respectable than anybody else. It's all about her owning her space, right? But in a man's eyes, and Orlando will talk about the breed, it matters how quick you give it up a lot of the times. I don't speak in absolute statements, but again, he talked about that earlier. It matters how quick because that 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 thing right there, uh, a man is thinking, if she gave it up to me that fast, then there, there has to be another catalog of men that she did the exact same thing for, right? And then if she is really good at it, then a man is thinking, well, she must have got a lot of practice before she got to me, right? And so, like, there's a lot of things going on in a man's head around sex, and then he starts to gauge, well, is she wife material, or is she, is she just meant to be my sixth man on the team? I call her up when I need to hit big bucks. But I don't know. What you got, Orlando? Derek? Derek, go ahead. Yeah, I think I think what what I keep what keeps coming up to my head is the catch twenty two for women that you all are painting. You know, this sense of again, if I give it up too easy, but then if I have too many partners and there's messages that that's going to be taught. And so I think you're right that a lot of times there's an evolution that women and also men go through as far as their choice to either wait or to not wait. And initially, what that starts out is a lot of fear base. You know that if I don't or if I do, what's going to happen? And then as we begin to mature, have a little bit more self reflection, understanding of ourselves. We're willing to sit with that difference and we can reflect on the experiences that you mentioned of what happened the last time I had sex like that didn't equate to commitment. Um, but at the same time when I didn't have sex that also didn't equate to commitment, you know, so there has to be this intrinsic and internal shift that really gets tied to that decision that moves away from it being fear based what's going to happen what will you know what will happen what will i lose and really mm -hmm. becomes about what's the values that you have around it um, but i think again for a lot of women there becomes a stuck place because again it's just not it's not a one plus one situation that for one man the fact that you decided to wait is really respectable for another man it's frustrating and so again it really has to be about how are you seeing it and defining it for yourself mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's right on point yeah. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. And, and Orlando, when we get back, we're going to talk about how the breeds, uh, the role they play in this. You, you've been listening to Man Breed Live, where we believe that to understand a man is to acknowledge all. Live, uh, where we believe that to understand a man is to acknowledge all men. Today we're talking about why no sex before marriage is a deal breaker for some men. And we have a very special guest with us today, uh, Dr. Jerrica Sanford, as well as uh, our, our resident therapist, uh, Dr. Thurman Webb, and our street therapist, uh, Mr. Orlando Boyd. Uh, and before we took a break, uh, Mr. Boyd was about to share uh, how this topic kind of relates to kind of what attracts a man to a woman and what is wife material? Can you elaborate that uh, on that, Olin? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because typically men from the get-go, when they when the, the whole courting process or attraction process starts, they're already kind of sizing up the woman. And pretty much from there, the conversation leads to where it's going to go. And if there's some expectation along those lines and that conversation and stuff like that, that's when the man starts to be shaping like, okay, yeah, this is somebody I can, 
I, I'm truly, truly digging. And based off of her reactions to certain situations and things like that, that that tells him to press go or keep saying idle or pull back. Now, each breed actually operates similarly in this, except for maybe the competitive breed, because a lot of times it's for them to be able to say, you know what, I got that, I conquered that, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, you know, is she worthy to still be on my side? The other breeds are still kind of, can be reactive. Most of the other ones that, that are, are usually pursuant to a woman. Um, and like I said, there's those other pressures that, that play a part into it as well. How much of their guys like, man, yeah, fine, man. You know what I'm saying? And you'd be like, yeah, man, I'm trying to, you know, get with we taking it slow. That's the word, you know what I mean? Because you say you're taking it slow at me. You know, we ain't trying to have no expectations and we're just going to walk it through. But at some point, if there had been user experience in that, that would be revealed in those conversations if we should be taking it to that level. And that level is, hey, it's sex. Now, if it's already established where the woman can say, hey, listen, you know, I get too emotional with sex. So I'm just I just want to make sure that I want to back it down. We need to be friends and kind of lay all the groundwork as, as docs have already kind of established. And if the guy is having that kind of value on her and saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm willing to wait because you cool then that's, that's it. Now, like I said, the deal breaker comes into when there's already things already in place and we've already experienced this stuff. Like we kissing hard, we going, everything except for you can touch, but don't taste, you know what I mean? Well, you can taste it, but don't swallow. You know what I'm saying? Like, hold up, man. You know <laughs> so all these things start to go in. You'd be like, man, you know, this signal. So now let me stop, man. Y'all go ahead. <laughs> hey, preach. I hear you. That's our street therapist. Preach. I was waiting on it. He's going to give you something every episode. <laughs> Push your buttons over there. Uh, so, so, <laughs> did you want to respond directly, uh, Dr. Sanders, to some of the things he shared or, uh, or, or not? I mean, because he brought up a lot of different issues, you know, uh, which which makes me think, okay, on the other hand, should man, men by and large, because this is not something that just happens in a few situations. We know that this is true for a lot of men, not all men, but a lot of men. But is that something that should be reconsidered, though, this is a deal breaker? And if so, even though everybody, a lot of people set up their own, what they're going to do, this, their relationships. But is it something that, that whether it's a man or a woman, they should really take a closer look at uh, and say, mm, maybe, maybe this shouldn't be a deal breaker? I think it's always good to be willing to kind of question what's leading you to make the decision. And so we should always be in a place where we're willing to question any decision we make and give the flexibility to change that decision. So it might be that a man, like you said, or a woman experiences and the typical for their relationship that they've wanted to have sex before marriage, but they meet someone who's decided they're not and they decide to change. And so what's the way that we're okay being flexible about shifting and not feeling like that changes how we see ourselves, that shifts our manhood. So I think we should always have the ability to to reassess ourselves, our decisions, um, to challenge the ways we're thinking, um, and to figure out like what might it offer to me to, to shift it. So the reality of it is no matter where you sit on this, to wait for sex or to have sex before marriage, there's an impact of that. And the reality of it is, is we often ignore that. The fact that the reality of it is, is when we wait to have sex, there can be benefits to that. The same ways that by having sex, there can be ways that we learn and understand about someone. And so it becomes about how is it that we increase having a conscious and intentional decision versus one that's just reactive. That somebody told me, no, I'm upset. I don't believe that that can work out versus this willingness to again, sit on that and say, what does that mean? 
Am I willing to wait for this person? Um, am I willing to shift my value? Have I learned something new um, by, by talking and understand how they got to this point? Because people, again, they shift and evolve with this decision. Some people stick with it from the time they realize they're a sexual being, but most of us go through different ideas and the ways that we're thinking about sex. And so again, what's the way that you're willing to engage with that with yourself? and then with the partner that you're willing to think of a long-term commitment with. And let's, let's be honest, like, no matter what decision or pre-decision that you made prior to, um, as adults, we all end up in situations where we want to second-guess the decision that even we made, right? And so maybe as a man or a woman, you may have decided, I'm not going to have sex until I get married, and then you end up in a situation after cuddling or watching Netflix, like, all right, I might want to give it a shot. And the thing is, if you've had a meaningful conversation with your partner prior to entering into that space, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, if you declare that you don't want to do that, you're in this sexual environment and atmosphere. And you decided, hey, you know what? I think I want to move forward. You know, you know let, let's do this. And your partner looks at you and they say, no, I know at the core of you, you, you this is one of your core values. This is one of the things you didn't want to do. So let's not do that, right? Even if they're someone who was championing the idea of sex before marriage, but they know you yeah. and they know the ramifications of you going against that decision, right? Because you spent months or years talking about it and they understand that those few minutes or in some cases hours could be detrimental to the decision that you've made. And so they, they refrain from you going back on your own decision because they know you. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You know, again, sex can complicate things and it can also enhance things. And so it's all about what happens prior to that act. It's what you you feed into it, right? Life is necessarily going to, to disrupt whatever is inside of you. The question is, what's going to spill out when life does that? And so that's why you have to do the work prior to the interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And that's real. And uh, like I said, depending on the guys, how they interpret and read and picking up things. We talked about this on previous episodes about love languages and stuff like that. Um, those things come into factors. We also talk about the pressure uh, peers, friends put on us, the movies we watch, what we exposed to, the music. I mean, some music can set it off, man. You be sitting there with your girl and that music come on. You start looking, you know what I mean? Get them crazy eyes. <laughs> Stuff started happening, man. You know, blood started flowing, and uh, you know, you like, I don't want to have, I don't want that to happen no more. And right. so then you gotta have some, you know, then proximity becomes because it's easier if y'all got some space. You know, what I mean, y'all all all up on each other and things like that. But yeah, also gotta, and I'm gonna make this point too that you know, like sometimes it comes through the expectations, uh, not only from women, I mean, from men, but women too. I had a, I, I know someone who said that they, they turned their life over to God and they, they waiting, they want to wait till they, you know, find a person and everything like that. But when it came up to saying that, what if the guy you, you, you get with, and he's a unicorn, that's a problem. That's you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, he, you want him to have some previous experience, but you waiting because if he didn't, he would be more inclined to wait too. You know what I mean? Like he, he's invested. If yeah. he's like, you know what, I'm saying myself, and, and trust me, women, there are some unicorns out there. And and like I said, though, if they may feel like, okay, I'm waiting, but I want to make it worth my wait, that you know what you're doing. Like, come on, how does that sound? Yeah. Oof. I'm done. True that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, we, that's, but that's a great point, though, because, you know, 
there, there is a that faction of women out there who want their men to be experienced. They want their yep. men to uh, be know able to express do. themselves sexually and know what they're doing and satisfy them. And 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 I know women who have married one person and, and kept the the sexually uh, pleasurable guy as well on the side, yep. simply because yep. the guy that they did marry, he didn't have the same experience as the guy that she was fooling with, but the income didn't match up. That's a whole other topic, right? Needless to say that it's important, you know, I don't want I don't want the artists to think that this is just a man issue when it comes to sex. And, and Dr. Sample, you could speak on that. Like there's a faction of women out there that, that sex is a, it's a big part of how they uh, calculate their relationships. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a double bond for both genders that we pose. You know, we, we create these double binds, you know, where we, mm. we made this decision. But like you said, we want the man. We want to know that he's able to to have the skills to please, but also we want him to be OK waiting to offer that to us. And so it becomes a double bind. But the bigger thing is what was mentioned earlier, the sense that we're not talking about sex. That's the reality mm. is we're not talking about what our hopes are around sex, what our views around sex. And then when we do experience sex that we don't that doesn't hit the mark. We're not talking about that either. Like you said, we'll just go get somebody on the side and keep them there versus what should happen is that intimacy around connection and vulnerability should come and be able to discuss what it is that you need, what's not happening, and what's the way in which there's some safety within the relationship to explore that. But a lot of times that's not offered to partners. It's like, oh, nope, you're not meeting my need. I'm, I'm done. I'm gonna go find somebody else that's gonna take care of that. And so what's the way that we lean into that a little bit more versus being disappointed by that? But no matter, I think that's also a falsehood of this sense that multiple partner means that you have skills. I don't know that that's that's true. That's true math either. The reality of it is, it's so much more to that, and people have different um, ways in which they want to have sex and to be pleasured in sex. And so, if we're not having those conversations, we're equating a previous experience in a current relationship, and then we're confused on why it's not working, and our feelings are hurt when you get the feedback. Versus again, this openness to learning what might sex look like in this relationship and for this person, and to know that that's not necessarily a reflection on you as a person. Now, that's a great point because. All sex activity is not the same, right? Sex, sex is not this monolithic experience. You know, it is, it is varied. It is, it is very complex. You know, it is, it is much bigger than just the, the physical friction that takes place. Um, and I think that's a, a great point that, that you just made. Like all sex is not the same. Like depending on what you put into it prior to, like that thing hit different, no pun intended, but, uh, it's just, it's, it's a richer feeling comprehensively because it appeals to all of the senses and not just that that primitive one. Yeah, and I think one point we want to make sure that we hit on is like for those women and men who are out there who, who may be facing this, that me and my fiance broke up because we never had it and thought that was one of the main reasons and stuff like that. And I like to say that men, like dogs, they like to pursue and they like to have a little bit of a toy. And if you want to tease them with the toy, that's fine and all that stuff like that. But when the pursuit is over or if they feel like they're not going to get it, that's going to be a temperature of how well you can be able to stand up to uh, a relationship building that those strong foundations. Now, we've also seen that people get married very quickly because they want to hurry up and get it out the way. Hey, you good? We good. All right, let's go and get married. And then let's just... You know what I'm saying? Then they in y'all office sit down trying to figure out what, what's wrong. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, real talk, real talk. You know what I mean? Because that, that, they trying to fast track it, especially, and I know, Mike, this is probably one of the questions that you had about, like, when you've been married multiple times, you figure, okay, we've been through this through and through. You already know, I know what you want to do. Let's go on and get married. And a month after dating, 
they they read it because hey, they blood boiling. Yeah, and it was a question like you know after we've been talking about you know before marriage with the assumption on some level that we're talking about kind of that first marriage right for somebody, but what about somebody that's been married before? You know, uh, does it look the same in terms of this whole deal breaker thing? Because like Orlando said, a lot of times we do see, you know, where the divorce rate gets higher. You know, a lot of times maybe it is because people are rushing it because they want to get back to that familiar place where as it relates to sex is sensible, regular, and they have someone uh, and may not do that work. Uh, Any comments about that in terms of how this is different for couples who are coming to marriage or at least one of them coming to marriage for the second time? Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, the whole aspect of marriage for the second time and sex, um, at, at the core, you know, we're really revisiting that idea about commitment. You know, marriage is a kind of a tangible expression of, of, a, of a commitment that one makes. And, um, you know, depending on what social, social doctrine you're under or religious doctrine you're under, that marriage means a lot because it signifies that you're going to commit yourself to this particular situation, person, so forth, so on. However, you do have individuals outside of those things who, you know, if they've been married before, they've demonstrated that in some shape, form or fashion, they know how to make have a commitment or make a commitment. And when they go to speak to that new partner, they say, hey, all right, I'm going to be committed to you. I know what marriage looks like. I know what it's all about. And uh, based on that one, I think I can get this one better. But I'm going to be committed to you. Let's make this happen as a uh, a variable in our love equation. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a couple's conversation to have about what that looks like. Um, I think, but in any situation, it becomes very, very problematic when the sex variable becomes the primary or the only variable in your relationship equation. Um, you know, as long as you are inserting that in a very equitable way, um, based on y'all's understanding of what it takes for your relationship to work, not a relationship, but your relationship to work, then you have a high probability of that being successful. And, you know, sometimes people come out of marriage just understanding themselves better. Sometimes they come out of marriage understanding what it means to be married or be in a situationship or entanglement or whatever you want to call it better at the end of the day but that is informing how they make their decisions and that informs their actions and so again like Garrick said earlier like what like what you use to inform the decisions and actions that you take is very very important right and at the end of the day you don't want to exploit your partner you want to make sure that you are you know engaging in a conversation and decision making that allows all the variables to be on the table so everybody can see and make an honest decision for themselves. I, I can hear some of our listeners saying, okay, all oh, that's cool. I understand what you're saying, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm in this situation, right? You know, and like let's say the young lady's like, you know, she's in that situation now. She's getting pressured. She likes the guy, but she's not trying to have sex with him before she's getting married. You know, uh, having that effective communication and having that dialogue, I hear y'all saying communicate, but but what about if if she's getting that? pressured, Mike? If she's getting pressured, she yeah. needs to solidify that as a flag in her head. Okay, okay, Period. okay, okay. And what 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 if she then though is just trying to she doesn't know how to address it, and maybe it's not pressure, but what about tools for having those kind of conversations? Are there anything that you all recommend in terms of getting at that? Because I hear all of y'all saying communicate. Uh, but what, what about, because communication, like you say, Doc, all the time, isn't always happening. 
Uh, when should it happen? I think you were saying outside before you get in that like highly charged sexual environment. I think I hear that. But also yeah. like, you know, like, can y'all talk about just for a little while? You know, like. It, it, it goes back to what I said earlier. You got to decipher what type of man it is you're dealing with. Is he actually respecting the decision you made? Or does he see that as an obstacle he needs to overcome? And so, like, if he's putting pressure on you after you've made the declaration about what you desire, then you may need to revisit why you are interacting with this person who is not necessarily respecting your boundaries. Too often, we require somebody to directly go against our boundaries before we write them off. But there are a lot of, a lot of wars are won behind the scenes as opposed to up front on the front line. You feel what I'm saying? Definitely. And so you, you have a lot more spies out here for various countries than you do operating at this current moment than you do at the actual war, right? Because they want to avoid that. And to be honest with you, like men and women in this situation when they don't respect your boundaries, they, they, they are no different. They just find a workaround. They find the back door. They subtle pressure and we know that your your willpower and your ability to hold off is a muscle. And so you can fatigue that muscle. It is the same reason why children say, hey, can I have that? And you say no. And they say, can I have that? And you say no. And they say, can I have that? And they just keep going through that until you say, uh, hush, boy, get it. Because they know that that is a muscle that they can't fatigue. And, you know, men are the same way. But it, it, if that man is pressing up against your boundaries consistently, you might need to revisit why it is that you're choosing that man. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I think the other thing that I would add too is like you said, the reality of it is we've got to think of when we're having these conversations. So on average, I think there's some, you know, some people say that people are waiting three to five dates before they're engaging in sex. So that means you got to have these conversations from the jump. It might feel a little premature, but the reality of it is we can't wait. And so what's the way in which we're initiating those conversations, even just to be curious about what does sex look like in other relationships? What is it that they're hoping for? What's the level of commitment? What's what's the purpose or intent of this relationship? Is it a relationship? Is it entanglement? Is it a situation? Like, what is it that we're doing? And so we have to have those conversations up front. Um, and then I think the point uh, that Thurman is making, this sense of if this boundary has been pushed around sex you are in, and you don't set that and establish that, it's going to have a pattern of ev other boundaries being pushed. So it won't just be about sex. And that's what we'll think, like that's the biggest one. But there's other ways in which we give permission for people to push against our boundaries by what it is that we're willing to accept or not accept early on in relationships. That's good. Orlando, you want to chime in at all? I think they said everything I was going to say, actually. So actually, I know we got some other questions. Well, well I, what I wanted to do uh, before we wrapped up, because I mentioned earlier uh, that, you know, Dr. Sanford, our special guest today, she does a lot more than what we mentioned earlier, because we talked about her being a doctor and working with social change, but she's also a life coach. So I wanted to give you, if you a moment just to, you know, <laughs> she shake her head. No, okay. Well, we, we just, you know, we, we're so- Not a life you know, coach. I'm shaking my head because I'm oh, not a life, life coach. Okay, executive coaching. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not in the culture. Uh, but right, it, it right. was executive coaching. And I think we had a conversation about the difference. <laughs> See, Mike, you're pushing up boundaries. All right. I almost, I was almost, I almost started. I was, I'm like, see, mm. Executive coaching. Uh, executive coaching with high-achieving women, uh, powerful women, uh, and leaders uh, through Social Change Leadership Program. Could you talk about where you do that and some of the things that entail? Yeah. So, um, so I'm trained as a licensed psychologist, so I primarily work at a community mental health center. 
Um, but then more recently, I've started to do some executive coaching for women leaders um, and women leaders who have made a commitment at their passion and the way in which um, their jobs are showing up is in the social change elements, so whether that's education, um, whether that's nonprofits. Um, and so just doing some coaching of what does it look like to really do more integral leadership where we're really integrating our whole selves. Because a lot of times what happens is in our different roles, we compartmentalize ourselves. And what does it look like when we approach leadership from a holistic standpoint to know that our personal values impact our professional values and vice versa? And so what does it look like to, to more integrate how it is that we show up in all of our settings and particularly as a leader? So if, if people are, are interested just in terms of your executive coaching, uh, how can they find out more about you and possibly engaging? Yeah, that's a good question. That's one that I need to build a little bit more on. So this was one that became just a unique opportunity um, that I'm doing that for a specific program and not doing that independently. So right now, I don't have an avenue that I can give that out, but I'll definitely share that as that develops in the future. Well, we definitely look forward to, uh, to hopefully having you on again because we thoroughly enjoyed the insight uh, that you've provided, not only from a woman's perspective, but also someone who is uh, very insightful as it relates to the psychology of it all, you know, therapy and all those different things. We get a lot of that from Doc, and we definitely get the street therapist, his part, but, you know, from a woman's point of view and looking at some of the things that we just overlook as blind spots, the blind spots for us as men. So uh, we really appreciate you coming and joining us today for, for this topic, because I think it's something that, you know, has been around for quite a while and something that we need to talk about a lot more than we do. Uh, so we're pretty much wrapping up this episode, uh, but people can check us out. You can find out about more about Man Breed on Man Breed uh, on Instagram and Man Breed Live on Facebook. Orlando, you want to chime in before we let them? No, I just want to make sure we, we close it up on for some of those women, because this was one of the specific topics that uh, women had reached out about that we should talk about why why men, why it's a deal breaker for some men. And I hope we get, gave some of those answers. Like I said, men, uh, you know, how they, they categorize things and sometimes when they can't see it and, you know, vice versa. So, Yeah, and I would, I would close out with saying, like, um, if, if physical touch truly is your love language, do some research and understand or, or come to know or be aware of other physical touches that could um, help you achieve that or get that feeling of, of fulfillment, right? It's not just about sex. And, mm -hmm. and also, you know, for, for men and for women, Take the time to um, show your partner how much you care or how much you are engaged in a relationship outside of the act of sex as well. You know, those things can really be enriching. You know, you'd be surprised. You know, like sex is cool. However, you need to wash my car or I come home and, you know, you cleaned upstairs or there's a new PlayStation upstairs. Like, yeah, I might enjoy that also. You know, so like explore other avenues. Like there are other ways for me to be satisfied. You know, I'm not saying it trumps sex for me, but I'm also married. But I'm just saying there's some things out there that could come close uh, that that you just have to understand what it is your partner. Because it's just like food. Sometimes you don't even know that you like something else until you try it. And I don't mean that in an erotic way. I mean that in just a comprehensive way about, you know, love and relationship and intimacy. But yeah, but yeah, Doc, they're going to say that it's easy for us to say because we married. But for some single people, like you're talking about food, if you ain't eating once a week, you know what I mean? You get starving, you start seeing some, you know what I mean? You see some some potted meat, man. That look like stuff to you. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, well, look, here, so, look here, Atlanta. We married, though. So, you know. So I know. Not just me and you, but I'm just saying that I ain't speaking for me at Orlando. We talking for our other friends. 
Some people yeah. say that you eat the same thing every day. You don't eat that no more. So, you know, even married people have to find other ways to, right, to right, do right. well. Then. But you're right. right. You see some pot of meat. You, yeah, man, it looks like steak. If you stop, you ain't eating, you ain't eating a week. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it is for some men, uh, men, period, when they say, I'm not like, hey, man, it's a deal breaker. We dating. And he, and when they classify the relationship as serious, yeah, you know, hey, I ain't, I ain't looking outside. All the other people out of my phone. I ain't, you know, I mean, you can, you can check my phone. When you yeah. on that status, that's when the dude is like, okay, look, and and that that's when it starts to change. Like, hey, look, you know, it doesn't, especially when they they know that there's already been a drive over that car before, because that last thing he want to have when he get ready to walk down the aisle and you see somebody you know, it, shift them. You know what I'm saying, man? You know, girl was a man. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm through. I'm through. I'm through. I'm through. No, what, I, what I would call that, I think, too, what we got to think about is really expanding, saying that the reason in which it's important to have sex before marriage is because we're trying to look for compatibility. Because I think what Thurman was talking about is this sense where we're really trying to figure out, is there going to be some passion? And there's different ways to explore can passion show up and sex is not the only way. And then I do think it's, it's important for men, too, to chase. If you can't fathom the ideal of not being in a relationship without sex, that's something to question. Like, why is that? And we have to be willing to sit with that because again, our, what sex looks like over time and relationships will shift. And if it becomes really hard to even imagine to not be in a relationship without sex for a period of time, that's something to sit with. Like, what is that telling us about the discipline, about the values around that? And so I would say that chasing of the why around your decision becomes really important. Oh, wow. Great. Chasing of the why sounds like a great book as well. Uh, so maybe we'll be getting that yeah. one from you, Dr. Sam. Uh, uh, yeah, you yeah, go through me, Mike. I'll be brokering that deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be nice. I'm a manager. <laughs> I got this, Mike. Until we stop the record button. Uh, <laughs> but look, y'all, it's been a great conversation, Dr. Sanford. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, and those who are Thanks listening, for having me. well, we really appreciate you uh, and our listeners for tuning in once again. This has been Man Bree Live, where we believe that to understand a man is to acknowledge all. Men.